0: Good morning. I apologize to you who are not Pennsylvania German, but I am, and that's where I'm speaking from. My changing world. I grew up on the edge of Lancaster County, eastern edge, a poorer area. It was not limestone soil, and the farms were not prosperous. I lived when I was small in a house without electric, without phone, without water. Well, there was a spring across the road, and the water was piped into our house, and it would come up about three feet and then go down out again. That's all the that gravity would do it. Uh, the road was not paved, and it was rocky. It was not smooth, either. Uh, so I was born into a different world than what you look out and see. And I'm only 70-some years old. We had kerosene lanterns for light. We had an ice box for a refrigerator. Iceman came around and delivered ice every week. We had spring water in the house. We and all our neighbors were Pennsylvania German, all the same ethnic group, but not all the same faith. We weren't all Mennonite or all Amish. There were non-Anabaptist Pennsylvania German people around us, too, quite a few. The older ones all spoke Pennsylvania Dutch. I spoke Pennsylvania Dutch. We were not particularly assimilated to American culture. We lived somewhat in our own world. I'm the ninth generation in this country, and I still speak fluently the German dialect that my elders brought over from Europe, though I do know some English, too. (laughs) The Mennonite Church Lancaster Conference, of which we were part, was beset by rules and regulations, primarily dress rules, that had origins in the moody revivals of the late 1800s. The culture around us started to diversify during my growing up years, very very much so, very rapidly. Change accelerated. Transportation went from carriages to bed jet planes, Uh, there was a sexual revolution, birth control, public display of skin, premarital sex, abortion, LGBTQ issues, computers and cell phones. We didn't even have a landline when I was little. It wasn't on our street. We We hooked up as soon as it came. Education. Alice and I and all of our children have degrees. None of my extended family even graduated from high school before that. We did travel, and that was a bit of an anomaly. not, not Most of our neighbors did not travel. But my father had been in CPS, and he was shipped all over the country, and that love of travel exposed us to diverse cultures much faster than some of our neighbors. We now have retirement homes instead of doughty houses. Today at McCaskey, I read there's 37 different native languages represented among the student body, 38. A friend of mine drives a truck for the landfill and he likes to talk about the ages. There was the Stone Age, the Dinosaur Age, the Medieval Age, the Technological Age, the Information Age, and the Garbage. <laughs> Sixty years ago, young people who rejected church rules were considered rebellious. They were ostracized. There was a wall between them and the church and many times their families. We've come a long way on that question in our Mennonite church. Young people are afforded much more space to be themselves. They are more independent and more individualistic. Culture change in my lifetime has been phenomenal. Change is happening at an ever-increasing rate of speed. Are we adapting faster and faster? How will this ever-increasing technological and informational cultural train ride end? Can it just keep going faster and faster? God created us in His image. We in God's image are also creators. We make individual creations, we also create collectively. We create culture, define what is good and bad collectively. We create cities, we create government, we create economies, we create families, schools. These are corporate creations that we do as a culture. God is love. God loves us. He loves us and our good creations. We are created in His image, we also create. Cultures are our inventions. I believe our God and our Bible do not perpetuate a particular culture, unlike the holy books of many other religions. The Bible and God are adaptable to all cultures. God is love. He allows us great latitude in our creating. Let's also give our children that space. Let's allow them great latitude in their creating. The times they are changing rapidly. So let's leave our children to God's love. Know He loves them even more than we do. When they are old, Proverbs says they will not stray. How they get old may be another matter. We are all sinners and will make mistakes. Not uh, every generation does. I believe in a form of fundamentalism, not the usual meaning of the word. The Ten Commandments apply in all cultures. There are four commandments about our relationships with God. The other six address our relationships with each other. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Do not lie. Do not covet and honor the Sabbath day, a day of rest. These I see as fundamental, universal, for our good in all cultures and times. Oh, wow. Notice some things that are not mentioned in the fundamental commandments. Dress is not mentioned. Modesty is not defined. How to find a spouse is not defined. Abortion is not addressed. Circumcision is not addressed. Gender equality, eating meat offered to idols, LGBTQ issues, These are not addressed in the Ten Commandments. I believe our young people need to find their way on these questions. My generation needs to pray, perhaps advise, but not prescribe. It's human nature for people and the Church to sanctify and sacralize the previous generation's good experiences. This is what a Christian should do or be. In an era of rapid social change, such good old days idolizing is not helpful. It will only hinder young people. And I did not say everything society chooses to bless is good. Our American culture tends to focus on wealth instead of equality. We tend to focus on carnal pleasures of the moment rather than joyful sharing and helpfulness. Indeed, we need to think critically about the changes around us. So nothing new about all this. But where do we go from here? I do know a basic sermon structure is supposed to have three points. Well, here they are. Number one, all of us should be examples. Example is of utmost importance in inspiring young people to follow Jesus. Love for family, love for neighbors, help for underprivileged, cross-cultural openness, not judgmental of people different from us or disagreeable with us. Number two, tell stories tell stories about the good old days and tell stories about the bad old days, about success and failure, about the exciting and the mundane, about the struggles of our youth. Culture change is speeding up rapidly. Stories will give us perspective. And number three, be aware of cultural change. Critique it. Most changes are actually amoral, but be cognizant of trends. Counter the excesses with Christ-like answers. For instance, today's culture is excessively individualistic. Everybody is pursuing wealth or power or fame for themselves. But we are created to be herd animals. I don't know if that's a good (laughs) characterization or not, but we need to be understood. We need to be accepted. We need to belong. So let's intentionally step in as a church and be brothers and sisters for each other, or our busyness we overstress ourselves doing this, doing that, and the other, and then think we are too busy serving the church, the Lord, to honor Sunday as a day of rest. Let's rest. Let's visit. Uh, let's provide the family our culture doesn't provide. Let's deliberately counter individualism and busyism until our neighbors say, See how they love each other. One of my experiences in studying this has been the emphasis God puts on the Sabbath. That's one that caught me, the day of R&R, rest and relaxation. God knew how much we needed that. Today's Sunday school lesson reiterates its importance. Busyness needs interruption. We need to rest and visit. That was point three, so I guess it's time to end. Thank you.